Hey, family. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. We work incredibly hard to identify guests who will help you move forward on your healing journey. So if you are blessed by today's episode, I would love for you to take a moment to subscribe and leave a five-star review. This will help us to reach more people and get this important message of healing out to the world. Thank you in advance for your support and enjoy today's episode. Hey family, it's your sister Jocelyn here and welcome to another episode of Faith on the Journey. If this is your first time tuning in, we welcome you and want you to know that we are here to support you on your healing journey. We have a team of Christian counselors who specialize in Bible-based trauma-informed care to help you to heal from the trauma that you've experienced in your life. We also have a team of grief counselors who are here to support you. So you can learn about these resources and so much more on our website at Faith on the journey.org. Again, that is faith on the journey.org. Now, today we're continuing our series on the grieving mother. Earlier in the month, we talked about grieving that someone would experience after having a miscarriage. Last week, we talked with a mother who lost her child to natural causes. This week, we're actually exploring what is it like to experience grief from trauma, trauma that comes from gun violence. Now, I'm from the Chicagoland area, and gun violence is something that is all too common. And it has affected the lives of, not just affected, shattered the lives of so many people. And so we're going to talk about that today. And I'm excited to have a guest with us who's a part of an organization that is doing incredible things in the Chicagoland area called Purpose Over Pain. And this organization is committed to supporting individuals who've experienced the loss of a loved one due to gun violence. And I have one of the representatives from that team with us today, Adrian Swanigan-Williams, who is a Chicagoan. She became a mother at a very young age. She's married with six children. And tragically, she lost her son, Tremaine Henderson, who got into an altercation with a childhood friend. And that friend actually shot him in the chest and killed him in the Roseland community back in 2017. Adrienne refused to let this tragedy stop her from living her life. And she continued to fight for justice for her son. And she chose to become involved in Purpose Over Pain as a volunteer member in 2017. And eventually she became a part of the team. And so we're very excited to have her on the show with us today. Thank you so much, Adrienne, for being with us. Hi, Jocelyn, thank you for having me. Yes. And so let's just talk about the realness of this type of loss that someone has experienced. Uh, Because last week, as I mentioned, I explored with a parent uh, about losing a child to natural causes, which is grief in and of itself. That's very difficult. But then there's an extra layer added when someone loses a child to gun violence. And so I would like for you to talk about what that experience was like for you um, in terms of your grief. Um, well, when my son was killed, it was a, um, it's a pain that it seems to, you be in shock in the beginning. And then when you, you know, realize when you got to make those final arrangements that final uh, funeral arrangements, then you realize, you know, this is real. Um, the gun violence in Chicago that is becoming a new normal. You know, everybody, you know, when you lose someone, it's like no one's shocked. But the pain that a, a mother goes through or a parent goes through when you lose a child to gun violence is 
a, a pain of it's like disappointment. You know, you you your your faith is is tested because you know you question God, you know, why did this happen to me? You know, I did everything right. I tried to keep my children safe. You know, as a mother, you you are when you have children, you say um you're supposed to protect your children. And in my case, I felt a lot of guilt because my son was shot in front of me in my Roseland home by a young man that I watched grow up and his mother and I were friends. So, you know, I always say to the parents, you know, it's, it's a, a pain that never goes away. You, you just learn, learn to deal with it. You can't let it beat you. You have to keep your faith in God. Mm, I really appreciate that, Adrian. And I would like for you to talk a little bit more about what you said in terms of your faith being tested. Um, did you have some wrestling matches with God in that moment? Oh, yes. I thought about suicide. Um, the night that they let me know that my son didn't make it, I was in the bathroom and I had a whole bottle of Tylenol and I was pouring them in my hand. I was about to, to take them. And my mother knocked on the bathroom door and she said, Adrian, are you OK? And I didn't answer. And she said, are you OK? You know, she repeated herself. And I said, yeah. And I put the pills back in there because at that time it was like God came to me and was like ain't nobody gonna make these a funeral arrangements how you would do it so you got to get yourself together so you know I, I came out and you know I was you know mingling with family and everything but I didn't want to talk to nobody at that point you know I was just like leave me alone because I felt like I didn't I wasn't a good mother you know I'm like my son got hurt at home where he's supposed to be safe you know, so it was a it was a big disappointment and my my faith was tested. You know, I just kept saying, you know, God, why would you do this to me? I, I try to be a good person. I try to do everything right. You know, I tried to keep my kids on the right path. You know, my sons wasn't wasn't in the street, no gang bangers or anything. You know, we were in the Rosen area and yeah, they would have, you know, interaction with the police because, you know, that's what the police do. Stereotype when black boys walking down the street. But, you know, I, I I lost my faith and I was like, you know, I'm not having my son funeral at no church. You know, that's what I was saying. You know, I'm like, I'm just do it at the funeral home. You know, I'm like, and no, and no, don't put this in there. You know, when I was doing the obituary, no, don't even mention that he got baptized because how could God love him and let this happen to him? You know, but eventually I did come around. It was like God just put like a, it was like a chill came over my body. Like he was coming into me and was telling me like, you know, my child, I got you, you know? So it was, it was a, it was a hard pill to swallow. And I thank God today for my strength because 2017, I was a basket case. Yeah. Was. Yes. Yes. And I appreciate you being so real about it because I'm sure parents who've experienced this type of loss have felt the same, you know, yeah. and I, I also would like for you to kind of spend some time about talking about how this grief journey is not linear in nature, uh, because even though you lost your child, it's been about five years. How mm -hmm. like how are things even now as it relates to the grief? Well, one thing I've noticed too, um, my my appetite, I never get my appetite back. You know, I can eat like once a day. I lost a lot of weight. And um I I I keep busy. I can't be still. I have not slept like a full night without I I don't they said I had PTSD. Mm -hmm. 
but they tried to put me on the medication, but it made me sleep. And I'm, you know, I told the doctor, this is exactly what I told him. I said, I, I can't sleep all day. I said, my landlord comment, people gas don't care my son dead. They want their money. You know, so I'm like, I got to work. I have to work. So I just did a lot of praying and I was taking things like Advil, PM, Benadryl. And I still do that to this day. I cannot go to sleep on my own because at night it's like my man run wild. Once my body settles down, I relive that like the ambulance. Those are my triggers when I hear ambulance because I just remember when my son was in back of that ambulance and he was like, mom, I can't breathe. I'm finna die, you know. And they closed that door in my face, number 60, that ambulance. So I had to move out that house because that fire station was on the corner. And I saw that ambulance every day. So, you know, and now today, you know, I'm, I'm stronger, but I'm not as strong as people think that I am. And I'm able to talk to another mother and help her through her journey with her pain. But I need to practice what I preach because I can tell another mother what to do and, and how to get past it. But I can't myself. So, you know, it, it feels good to give back and, and talk to a mother and explain, to share my story with her. And um, sometimes I feel a little guilty when I share my story because most of the mothers that I talk to, their cases are unsolved. So when I'm speaking that my son's case is solved, that it was solved this year of um, in January 21st, 2022, the actual day it happened, they sentenced him. I didn't get the justice that I wanted. Um, but you know, some justice is better than none at all. And like I was saying, I, I, I be feeling guilty sometime when I'm talking with the mothers because they don't know if they in the store with their son or daughters, the killer, you know, and it's, it's, it's a journey. It's a journey. Journey is the right word. Yeah. And every day you're, you're making a choice to get up, get out of bed and, and to, to fight for justice, to yes. do this important work. And yes. I'm I'm wondering in terms of your heart and in and guarding it so it didn't become bitter um, yeah. or just in full with anger. What were some steps that you took to help your heart to heal? I did a lot of praying and I listened to this song every day, all the way to work and all the way home. Whitney Houston's I didn't know my own strength. So that's my motive. I always say I wasn't built to break. You know, I got this, you know, because when my, my faith was tested and I wanted to give up, I had to think about Tremaine was my fourth child. I have other children. So, you know, I can't I didn't want to feel make my children feel that I love Tremaine more than I love them, although he was my different child. He was my only grown child still living at home with me. For some reason, I kept him close. And I always felt like, was this a sign? I had all my kids at Michael Reese Hospital. I had Tremaine at Christ. He ended up dying at Christ. So, you know, I, I did a lot of praying. I had to do a lot of praying and staying around positive people. I had to cut people off. And, yeah, I, I'm going to be honest. I had, you know, things in my mind you know, where the devil was on my shoulders. And, you know, I was saying things like, you know what, if that judge let him out, I'm going to go to his house and I'm going to kill him in front of his mama, you know? And I, I, it, it just, I, I was having, then I was having um, issues where I was feeling sorry for him because I knew him. I loved him like a son, you know? So I was, I, I felt betrayed, you know, then when his mother stopped talking to me, that hurt because I was like, you know, here it is. You mad at me. 
but your son killed my son. You can still see your son. So my 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 the journey that I went down, I, I was becoming like I was bipolar. One day I was good. One day I, I could have turned to a gangster, you know, but, you know, I'm just being honest, but I'm not that type of type of person. And I, that's why I'm thankful for my strength, because God know my heart and God knew that I was just feeling angry and that the things that I was saying, I didn't mean that's why I went the right way, because, you know, I think that's why a lot of the gun violence doesn't end because they know who killed their brother or sister or their child and they don't turn them in and they will you know, go and, you know, want revenge. I'm going to kill him. But then it just keeps going on and on. So I think I did the right thing by, um, you know, telling who did it. And they went and arrest him. So I'm thankful for my strength because I feel like God knew my heart. And I did did the right thing. You know, the justice helped me. But you did the right thing. And that took yes. a lot of courage and strength. Uh, and so I'm, yes. I'm glad that God kept you during that difficult time. So yes. you didn't lose your mind, even those <laughs> moments you felt like you were. Yes, I did. I did. If you could go to jail for the things that go on in your head, I would probably have the death penalty. Yeah, I think we I all can relate God. to that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm human. I'm human. I'm only human. And as a mother... You know, no one wants their children hurt. You know, I always protected my children. That's why my house was a safe haven. I didn't let my kids spend a night over people's house. You know, when they, oh, mama, can I spend a night? No, you can't spend a night over there, but they can come over here. I was always protective of them because I, you know, I was scared of molestation, you know, or something happening, the house catch on fire, you know, and that's just how I was. And I, I continue to be like that. I'm still that way. My children are grown, but I still call them. Hey, I haven't talked to you today, you know, and it's it's, it's just it, it's sad. It's sad. And the gun violence is is out of control. It, it is. is out of control. It is. And I know there's some people who are listening right now who experience this and they are struggling. They are in the moments that you described just a few minutes ago. How important was a support system for you in helping you to get through those days where you were going to lose it? Well, in the beginning, I didn't really have a strong support system. It was like everybody avoided me. They didn't, you know, they didn't know how to come to me. You know, they didn't know how to comfort me. My husband didn't know how to comfort me. You know, everybody was, you know, in a loss for words. You know, it was everybody walked on eggshells. So I, I knew that. So, you know, that's why I looked for support. And I thank God for meeting Miss Alfreda because I was a pace driver. God sent me to St. Sabina to pick her up. She was my client. And when she saw my button on my shirt and asked me, you know, had I lost a child to, and you know, was it gun violence? And I told her, yeah, I came to Purpose Over Pain in May of 2017, just a few months after losing my son. So I thank God for Purpose Over Pain. That's why I, you know, decided to work for them because I, I felt like meeting all the different mothers, everybody, nobody can really relate to you unless they've been through it. Nobody, you know, you, you can talk with a mother who said, oh, I, I know my son was sick and he died of cancer or, you know, things like that. But it's a different kind of pain when your child life is stolen, because when, when they're shot, you know, or stabbed, that's, that's, that's stolen. You're not prepared for that. You know, no mother is prepared to bury her child, but for them, for their lives to be stolen, 
you know, you see your child one day and then the next day they they are gone and it's it's just your your man is racing, um, especially for the mothers who oh don't know who who killed their children. You know, you could be in the street and sometimes the way things are going now with with life and these boys no love in the street. Most of the time, to be honest, I believe that close friends are the ones. These are boys that are carrying your child's casket, knowing they did it or somebody they know did it. You know, so you you become where you don't trust people. You know, because I know that's that's how I am. I don't I don't trust people. I have trust issues. When I move, I don't let a lot of people know where I move to. You know, I you have to change your your friends. You know, you. You have to be around positive people, not just people that experienced your pain, but people that, that keep you uplifted. You don't want to talk to somebody who's always complaining, who's always got a sad story, who always needs something. You know, you have to be around positive people. And that's what I found with Purpose Over Pain. I've done a lot of support groups, different support groups, different support circles. It was something about Purpose Over Pain. I could relate to the mothers and I fell in love with them and I've been here and I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> so glad to hear that. That is great that you found a community that was able to understand, hold you in yes. your pain and walk with you. Yes. Now, I want to go back to something that you shared uh, just a moment ago about how there were people around you when this first happened that they just didn't know what to do. They were like on eggshells, didn't know quite what to say for someone who know someone who's experienced that type of loss. Is there any advice on what they might be able to do to support someone who lost someone to gun violence, things not to say, what anything that you would suggest? Well, the first thing I would say, if it's a mother that lost a child and she have other children, please do not tell her, well, at least you have other children. That's one thing you don't want to hear. Don't tell a mother that she needs to get over it, or it's it's been two years, it's been three years, you need to get past this. There's no time limit on grief. So if you can't think of anything positive to say, don't don't say anything. And the things that a thing that you can say to her is keep your faith in God. Keep your faith in God and pray. And you know, just don't let it break you. Your child wouldn't want you to be down. You know, your child will always want you to be uplifted. Think about the good things. Think about the good memories. You, yeah, you're going to think about the, the day that you had to find out that your child was gone or the day that you had to bury them. You're going to think about that. But think about the good times. Think about the day you had your child. You brought them home from the hospital. You know, think about birthday parties. Think about some funny they did, you know, and, you know, because that's, that's what I do. I, I try to think about the good memories and it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay. You know, you have to let it out because stress will kill you. And being in different support groups, that's what brought me to realize that I was bringing myself down black circles around my ass, not, not eating, not sleeping. You know, you, you have to stay motivated. You know, you had to, if you had to keep busy, that's what you do. That's what I do. I don't, I don't sit still. When I sit still, I'm going to sleep and, and trust me, it's all something with PM. I didn't turn to drugs. I didn't turn to alcohol. And I would like to tell mothers that too. Drugs and alcohol, that just makes it worse. It coats the pain. But when, when you sober up, it's still there. So 
I never used drugs. I never, never drink. I was a social drinker. I have a little wine, but that's, that's just not me. You know, I was never that type of person. I was never a party person. So, you know, that's, that's good. That's good that you were able to to find the things to help you to cope and, and navigate this this very difficult time. And yeah. you kind of spoke to maybe one technique that you can use for my next question. But holidays, birthdays, um, yes. moments that are remind you of anniversary. What do you do in those moments to help you to get through those tough days? Well, um, when Tremaine's birthday come, I do things positive. I've done a lot of things. The first year that he passed, he was turning 22, that August of 2017. I went down on Canal Street. I gave the homeless sandwiches, water, chips. Um, it was a few children there, so I ran in Walgreens and got candy. Um, I gave them toiletries, you know, toiletry bags that I made up. I called them Heavenly Angel Bags, you know, and I passed them out. Um, the second year I did movie theater in the um, backyard with his nieces and nephews where I bought a projector screen and everything. You know, I do something positive and I do something different every year. And um, that um, the third birthday, I did a memorial dinner where I invited mothers who lost a child, no matter suicide, sick, you know, car accident, gun violence. And we had a nice time. I rented out a banquet hall. Um, and, and and gave them a nice, nice dinner, you know, certainly had rib tips and we played games. We had nice music. I do something different every year. So, you know, it's I, I try to do things positive. And the same thing goes for holidays, you know, for Christmas, you know. Um, I do my biggest thing is most terrain was my different child. Most children love Christmas. My son loved the fourth of July. So I make the fourth of July my big celebration. So those holidays. Do try to do things that you would normally do as if your child was there. Sit their picture out, you know, like they're still there. You know, that's 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 the you know the type of things that I do. I keep his memory alive, like he's still with me. Mm, you know? and, yes, keep the memory alive. Yes, keep the memory alive. Don't in the in the death day. That's a hard one, but like I do, I go to the cemetery. And each year, what it is, what year it is, like this is the fifth year, I will release five balloons. This year, I'm going to do something different. I think I'm going to release doves. Yep. So I try to do something different. I don't let his death day take take me over. I don't let the um, holidays take me down. I stay motivated. And I try to do something. I plan something just like I did when he said my house was the, the house. All the parties and everything was at my house because... I like to keep my family together. I'm a, I'm a loving person and I love hard. And, you know, once you with me and we are friends, we're family. And that's how I look at purpose over pain. Those are my sisters and my brothers. You know, those are not my grieving mothers and fathers. We're not grieving parents. We are survivors because we're still here. You are survivors. <laughs> and I love that you said that. And I also want to point out that you talked about briefly the fathers and, you know, we're focusing on mothers this month, but this affects men too. And so yes. is there some things that you've noticed in the work with fathers through Purpose Over Pain that you want to share? Yes. Fathers grieve too. You know, they just grieve different. You know, they muncho with it. You know, they don't want to, because like I look at my husband, my husband couldn't, couldn't talk to me about it. And, you know, when I was crying, he, he didn't know what to say. You know, he would look at me and it, it's going to be okay. And, I, and I'm like, no, it's not. You know, it's not going to be okay. You know, but, you know, fathers grieve too. And although my husband wasn't Tremaine's biological father, 
he helped me raise him. We had been together since Tremaine was in third or fourth grade, you know, and he was 21 years old. So Tremaine did have a father and, you know, that he could call when he needed him. But, um, you know, fathers, fathers grieve too. They just don't grieve like mothers. We have a father, Alan, who is very active, who lost his daughter um, to gun violence. And I pray for Alan all the time. And he was very supportive for me. He was actually him and his um, fiance, Amy, they, they came to my son trial with me. And I appreciated that, you know, they're going through that pain and they were supportive, you know, so fathers grieve too. And um, it's not just about the mothers. You have some fathers, all fathers are not deadbeats, you know? So, you know, just because a father doesn't express how he feels, he, he, he feels the pain too. And, that's why we try to, you know, reach out to the fathers. We do Father's Day. Like we're going to do, we're planning one now where they're going to have game day. You know, we get give them massages and everything, just like how we do for the mothers, you know. Yeah, that's important. Fathers too. Yeah, yeah. And, and you also, when you were talking, reminded me of how it affects not just the mothers, not just the fathers, but everybody in the family, right? Siblings. Right? Those who know. And so how have you seen gun violence, like, affect families and, like, in the struggles that they face? And how, um, what words of encouragement do you encourage people um, with to help them get through some of the turmoil that they are experiencing? Um, The best thing I do, I can say is for them to do is to you know, maybe have dinner together, you know, talk about it, you know, um, talk about what's on your mind. You know, you have siblings that, that grieve, you know, um, you ask them what's going on with them. You know, don't just think like how I did for my, in, in my situation, I reached out to my kids and I would ask them because they didn't like to talk about them. And then I would hear them talk about them. And then when I, they see me, they want to stop. And I, It's okay to talk about them, you know, and, you know, just, you know, when you, you have to stay close, you have to stay close. And when the violence is happening ar around in the neighborhood and, and everything, you know, you just have to, you have to stay prayed up. You have to stay prayed up, but, you know, don't, don't let the, the violence and what's going on in your neighborhood um, make you a bad person. You know, if you always had a good heart and you're, you're out here and you're trying to, do things to better, you know, talk to your people in your community, reach out to kids. You know, some parents know what their children into. So, you know, if you got a neighbor whose son is out in the street, you know, pull that boy to the side and talk to him. Hey, you going down the wrong road. You know, don't, don't do that to your mother. Cause that, that's what I do. I talk to young men when I see them and I, I tell them, you don't, don't, don't make your mama sit on that front row. I've been there. Don't, don't do that. You know, it's a, it's better things in, in life. Don't try to do things to fit in. You know, the gun violence is it's getting ridiculous. I mean, and it's happening every day. And it's like now funerals have turned into fashion shows. You know, I'm, you know, you just uh social media is 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 bad. It's bad. It really is. It really is. I hope I'm answering the question. You are. You, you are. are. And yeah. I, I see more and more why an organization like Purpose Over Pain is needed. And you are the epitome of using um, and putting 
purpose over your pain uh, yeah. to what you did even before you were active in the organization. And so I want you to talk about some of the, the great work that Purpose Over Pain is doing today and how you're able to support parents who've experienced this or family members who've experienced this type of loss. Well, um, here at Purpose Over Pain, we are a group of parents who lost children to gun violence. So we reach out to the mothers when they lost their children. Um, I work in the MLK Center. I do the crime victim compensation application. So if a mother doesn't have insurance, because a lot of them don't, um, you, I fill out the application and, um, you know, help them. If they need me to go to the funeral home, I'm at the funeral home. We do a lot of things to keep our parents positive and let them know that they have someone who cares. Um, we do spa day. We just had a Mother's Day event. It was so beautiful. We gave the mothers massages. They got their eyelashes done, their nails and everything. Um, gave them a good meal. Um, we do a, a lot of things. We go out and um, in the community and we give the children book bags, you know, for back to school. Um, we just did the um, Easter invasion where we was on the front of St. Sabina Church and we gave the children Easter baskets and hot dogs and water and chips and cookies. Um, we do a, a lot of things. We do things to give back, to let the community know that we, we do care. The gun violence that's going on, we care. We do peace marches with Father Michael Flager. We, we do that. And we try to let them know that they are not alone. If you have experienced gun violence, you can come to Purpose Over Pain. I know there's a million organizations out there, but you know, Purpose Over Pain, we are a, a tight, we are tight. We are a, a group of parents who we try to uplift one another. You know, we're not a group where people oh, think my child case is more important because it was on the news. No, it's not like that. Every angel is special to us. So we do try to, um, you know, keep the mothers close and call and check on one another. We do the support circles with Reverend Gloria. And, you know, it helps. We meet new mothers every day, every day. I just spoke with a mother yesterday. Her baby is 14 years old. She lost her baby, 14. And, you know, we have mothers in the group that has lost more than one child. Or we have like now we have a new mother, um, not a new mother, but one of our pop sisters, Sharon Purnell, her husband. She's fighting for justice. It's been five years that she's fighting for justice for her son that was killed. And they're about to go to trial. And her son was her husband was tragically gunned down a few days ago. We just had to Pam and I was at our house. She lost her husband, Larry Purnell, to gun violence. Here he is fighting for justice for his son. And he's about to go to trial. And now she's fighting for justice for him. He was killed. So, you know, that that's a, 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 a that's just a big smack in the face for Sharon, you know, and I, my heart goes out to her. And when Pam and I went to see her, it's just for her to break down. This is her childhood sweetheart. She's 60 years old and she's been with this man since she was 14. This is all she know. And she's grieving her son. Now she's got to grieve her husband that was killed the same way. And this man was just out trying to make a living, a landscaper, you know, so. It is so heart wrenching, you know, when you hear these stories, you know, and it's, it's really, yeah. it's nothing that you can say to take away the pain of someone who's experienced yeah. that type of loss. You just sit with them, hold them, pray with them yeah. and just be there with them. And I, yeah. I want to ask you when you, you shared earlier how it was meaningful for people to be there with you through the trial. Is that yeah. one of the other things that people can do to support individuals is advocate through justice. Yes. Uh, to support. 
those who've experienced that type of loss? Yes, it is. You know, um, I went to court for years, just me and my daughters, you know, because I knew the case was just being um, continue, 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 continue. You know, that's that's what they do. Then it was on Zoom. So, you know, um, you have to have that support. Um, I've gone to court with mothers, you know, mothers from purpose over pain and mothers that's not from purpose over pain. If I've done your child application and there's an arrest made, I will sit in court. Yeah, I'll sit there. I may cry with you. I may be strong. I'm going to sit there and tell you to be strong, but I'm, I may share the tear too because I feel your pain. So, you know, it was very, you know, I felt good to know that my purpose over pain family loved me. They all tried to come, you know, and, um, you know, I, the dates was changing and everything. And, you know, people have their own lives. And just like one of the mothers who was supporting me, that was a very close friend to me, Anna. She came to the first day of the trial. She ended up passing before my son's case was over from COVID. And that, that really hurt me, you know, because I, I love Anna. That was my sister, you know, her and, and Tanya, you know, we, we, we all love each other, but you know, you have them, some of the mothers who are a little closer than others, but I love all my pop sisters. I'm just a little closer with others, I, but I do try to reach out to them, but you do need support when you're going to court or even if you, they haven't made an arrest, you, you still need that support. And if you give it out, we like, we pass out flyers, you know, if the parents get a reward flyer. We go out there and we, we march down those streets with our sisters and um, our brothers, you know, who, who have lost children to gun violence. It, it could be the roughest neighborhood. We, we're out there. Your child got killed right here. We're going to pass out this flyer. And we've done that. And people know who, who did it, you know, but they're not going to say anything. Sometimes the flyers get tore down. You know, that's that's painful for you to drive down the street and know you put a flyer on this pole. Somebody tore it down because they don't want anyone to tell. But you definitely need a very strong support system, especially when you're going to going to court. It's important. It's yeah. important. Yeah, it really is. It is. Now, I, I want to ask your opinion on this because people have their different thoughts on what this looks like. But after experience, uh, experiencing such a tragedy, what does healing really look like? What do you believe healing looks like? It's invisible because you put on a face that you don't really feel inside. Like I smile every day. People always say, I'm like, Adrian, you always so happy. And they don't know. I'm dying and sad, you know. But it's um, it's an experience that sometimes, you know, you can see the stress on somebody's face. You can tell when somebody's okay and when, they, when they're not okay, you know. So, you know, by, my experience with it is um, this is your new normal. This is your new normal. And I always say it's, 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 it is okay to not be okay. Yeah, it is okay not to be okay and be honest about that. I think um, the reality is it is your new normal, uh, but you will make it. And yes, I, I say, uh, and I will love your thoughts on this, that when it comes to healing, healing doesn't mean that you won't miss, in this case, your child, that you won't cry sometimes, yes. that you won't struggle, that you won't you know, have a moment where you revisit. But it does mean that you will be able to experience joy again in yes. your life and you will be able to laugh again and you will be able to uh, have a, a relationship that's rekindled and even maybe stronger with God yes. again. Yes. Um, and so for me, I think 
where people have been confused around healing is that is that they think that they just never feel those painful emotions ever again. Um, and sometimes that does happen for people, um, yes. which is amazing. But I, I also do believe when it comes to to certain type of losses uh, that you'll always, you know, miss miss your child and that's okay but it doesn't mean that you can't experience the healing and god's comfort in your life yes you have to keep your faith in god you have to pray um to to build up your strength self-care is a good thing you know you have to do something for yourself i'll never forget trayvon martin mother came to um a event we were having here at saint sabina and when she was saying, you know, do something for yourself, go get your nails done, go get you a massage. And I started doing some of those things. I haven't been able to do them in a while, but because I'm a, I'm a grandmother, you know, I have eight grandchildren. My son, Tremaine, he didn't have any children, but my daughter has four and my other two daughters have a child apiece and my son has two children. So I'm a busy lady. So when I'm not with purpose over pain, you know, I'm with family and, you know, my children say that, you know, oh, mom, you got an event. You got it. You know, if I don't have an event they're, they're there, but, you know, your your support, you you have to do things to make you happy. Don't don't live in it. You know, don't live in the grief because stress will kill you. I'm, I'm telling you, you know, I, I've been there. I've been in that dark hole. And like I said, I look I kept listening to that. That song, I, I always tell that song to mothers. I say, go on there and listen to Whitney Houston's I Didn't Know My Own Strength because she says it. I crashed down, I tumbled, but I didn't crumble. You know, and she says she wasn't built to break. So that's that's my motive. I've been like, I wasn't built to break. I wasn't built to break. I'm not a grieving mother. I'm a survivor. You that's know, right. That's oh. right. I need to make a T-shirt that says that. Yes. <laughs> Anyone who survives that experience, you are a survivor and you're going to make it. I know right now as you're watching this show, you might feel like you, you don't even see yourself making it through the day, but no. you will. God will yeah. carry you through and reach out. This is yes. I think one of the main things you've been saying, Adrian, is the importance yes. of reaching out and getting help. Yes. Don't don't sit at home and it's OK to cry. Yes. Cry. Let it out. I've done that plenty of times. I can drive home today and a song will be on the radio and it could be about love. But I'm. I, it's like I get emotional. You know, I, I noticed things that I wasn't emotional about now. That's how I know it, it changed me. I was watching John Q crying the whole time. Through the, I said, Lord, please, what, what is this? You know, but it's just, this is my new normal now. I, I, I show more empathy. You know, every mother that's grieving, she's not looking for sympathy. Oh, all that. no, show empathy. Show that you care. Call her one day. You want to go out to eat? You want to have lunch? Girl, want to go to the nail shop? You know, you don't have to pay for it. You know, is it, we, we're not looking for sympathy. That's one thing we, we don't want to be shown sympathy. Just show empathy. Show that you care, you know. That's that's one of the strongest things I say. <laughs> hey, man, to that, I really appreciate you pointing out the difference uh, because yes. just being there, I think people are so scared to say the wrong thing that they just avoid. Um, yes. But just you know, being around, saying, "Hey, right. let's go, let's go get our nails done, hair done, or whatever your thing is," that's right. a great way to support someone. Yes, yes, it is. You know, just calling a check. I'm like, hey, I, I didn't want anything. I have a girlfriend, my, my girlfriend, Karen. We've been friends for 30 some years. And she'll just, you know, after the blue text, sometimes she send me prayers every morning. 
Or sometimes she'll just call, hey, sis, I was just trying to see how you was doing. I'm like, I'm good. I'm at work. You know, she's like, okay, me too. Have a good day. Love you. You know, that's, that's, you know, that's how you can check when you don't know what to say. Just a, a call to say, hey, I'm gonna be real quick. I just want to see how you was doing. You know, uh, shoot them a text. Love you. Thinking of you, you know. That 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 goes a long way, and you never know how you will brighten someone's day just letting them know that somebody's thinking about them. Text them, good morning, beautiful. You know, how are you? You know, you know, things like that touch you. I know those things for me. You know, I get up in the morning, look at my phone, I say, Oh wow, everybody and text me. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, they thinking about me. I'm gonna have a good day today, you know. Yes. Good. Yeah. I, I hope people hold on to that because we do want to reach out to people who've experienced that type of loss and not yeah. just that type of loss, but any type of loss, grief or event, reach out. People need a community, as we've been saying this whole show. And if you're aware that it's a death anniversary, if you're aware if it's a birthday, if you're aware of these things, reach definitely out. on those days, reach out. Yeah. You know, even say, hey, do you got something planned for that day? Mm -hmm. You know, yes. whatever it could be, yes. it can make a big difference for someone who might be struggling in that moment. Yes, yes. And and that is so true. And that's what we do. You know, Miss Alfreda of us. Put it on, per, you know, purpose over pain, private page or in our group me or Pam wheel and say, hey, it's, you know, so-and-so's angel day. It's so-and-so's baby's heavenly birthday, you know, and, and we reach out, you know, and hey, send the hugs. Love you. You get this. You know, it it it, it does. And I, I try to reach out to the um support circle, you know, when I'm able to sit in the support circle, I can, you know, I, I will, or I, you know, may come on. Sometimes I don't turn my camera on. I'll listen, you know, but it, it does help. And I try to support all the mothers. I love them all the same. I can't sit here and say, Oh, I love this pop mother more. And I love them all the same, just in different ways. You know, that's good. Yes. There's so much love in that sister circle and that yes. men's circle too, because it's for everyone. Yes. Um, but, but yes. And I would love to encourage anyone who's experienced this type of loss, especially if you're in the Chicagoland area to reach out. So how can they get in contact with you? Um, well, they can reach me here at, um, at purpose over pain. They can, um, I'm here at the MLK for right now at, um, 7840 South Racing. Um, my, my number for purpose over pain, my personal, um, cell phone for purpose of pain is 773-678-2500 and they can call me you can reach me from nine to five most of the time i try to keep the phone on because sometimes i will have a mother that will call me after five o'clock so that's why pam is too trying to put a 24-hour hotline out there because we have mothers that want to call us in the middle of the night so some of them that has our personal cell phones you know that we have they will call us so if my purpose of a pain phone not on i'm getting calls from my personal cell and you know it's just a mother oh adrian I, I just couldn't sleep tonight you know and i try to sit up and, and talk with them and like i said sometimes i need to practice what i preach because some of the mothers just don't know they uplift me they thinking mm -hmm. oh i'm so glad you called me and i'm thinking like you just don't know i was having a bad day but i didn't say that when you called me you know I knew you was calling because you were having a bad day. So I didn't want to say, well, girl, I'm going to call you back. I'm having a bad day too. You know, I said, well, what's going on? You know, now I'm feeling better because I'm like, I'm not alone. I know another mother feel like I feel today, you know, because this is our new normal. Yeah. You had them good days and you're going to have them bad days, but you're going to got to be strong. You got to fight, put them boxing gloves on and say, yeah. I got this. My baby wouldn't want me to be down. 
Yes, yes. And that's the truth. That is the truth. Keep fighting. Keep moving forward. I encourage you all to reach out. And again, can you share that um, that number, the direct number that people can reach you at again for me? Yes. My purpose over pain number is area code 773-678-2500. And I'm here at the MLK at 7840 South Racine. Perfect. Yes. Please take advantage of the resources that are there. They want to walk with you. And I appreciate you so much, Adrian, for your authenticity, for sharing your story today and for helping those who were able to tune into the show. Yes. So God bless you and the work that you're doing. Uh, and I will definitely be in touch with you soon. You hang tight backstage while I sign off for the show. But thank you all so much for tuning in for this broadcast today. I really appreciate you being here with us as we discuss this very difficult topic of grief and loss after experiencing gun violence. And so hopefully this episode blessed you. And if you are looking for additional support, we also have healing resources available on our website at faithonthejourney.org. Again, that is faithonthejourney.org. So please check that out, subscribe. And if you like this broadcast, please don't keep this all to yourself. You know someone who might've been affected by gun violence. Share this with them so they can be encouraged and let the world know that they can find hope and healing and strength through God. And so thank you again for tuning in. Until next time, you keep your faith on the journey. I'll see you soon, family.